Welcome to Know Before You Go, the podcast presented to you by the Census Project and the Barnes Center at the Arch. This is our deep dive episode interview with the director of counseling, Carrie. Carrie, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you very much. Um, Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Um, My name is Carrie Brown, and I am the Director of Counseling here at the Barnes Center at Syracuse University. Um, I am a psychologist by trade, and I am a licensed psychologist in the state of New York. So So I've been with our university for going on 11 years, and I've held pretty much every title in counseling at one point in my career. So I guess you could kind of say that I grew up with counseling at Syracuse University. So, sorry, where where did you go to college, if you don't mind? Sure, so I did my undergraduate college at Nazareth College in Rochester, which is about an hour and a half um, west of here. Um, It's a small private liberal arts school. and I studied psychology there. I actually went in as an undeclared major, um, which I think you know a lot of folks aren't really sure, you know, kind of their path or their direction. I always knew, like as cliche as it sounds as a psychologist, but I always knew that I wanted to help people. I just didn't really know like what that looked like. Um, when I was 10 years old, I said I wanted to end racism and cure AIDS. Um, clearly, I fell short of those things. Um, <laughs> had some pretty lofty goals as a 10-year-old, but um, we went in undeclared, and I'm a first-generation college student, so I was really trying to learn, like, what did it mean to be in, what does it mean, for me, to be in college, and um, how do you sort of decide your path, and um, one of the things that I did in college was um, I was work-study student, so I started working at the library, and uh, from there I started meeting people and learning about um, academia and education, and I really found, you know, psychology was the right field for me um, in terms of my goals of wanting to, you know, help folks, and in particular, um, I did a lot of work uh, studying gender and gender identity, Um, and LGBTQ uh, studies, which led me to my graduate work um, at the University of Kentucky, um, where I specialized in working with um, intimate partner violence that happens in LGB couples. Um, And so really looking at what was missing in the literature, what were training areas, um, not to to date myself, but in the early early 2000s when I was in grad school, um, it actually, there wasn't a lot of research on looking at intimate partner violence in same-sex couples. And so it was actually a fairly new research topic. topic. Um, In particular, I wanted to look at how to help helping professionals have more cultural competency and cultural humility when it came to working with that population because I felt like that was really important because what I kept seeing over and over again were barriers to care that we're having up for folks because of their experiences with heterosexism, homophobia, um, and, and really looking at how that was a barrier to people accessing the support and care that they needed. And so I felt it it, it felt almost like a calling for me to say, like, I want to create a different experience for people. Yeah, from 10 years old to grad school, you kept <laughs> pursuing those same goals. Um, so we've talked a little bit in our previous episodes about the change that the Barnes Center made to holistic and integrated care. I guess that really is my first question. What does that integrated wellness model mean for counseling and mental health at the Barnes Center? 
Yeah, I, I think, first of all, I think um, it's been such a wonderful experience. You know, we're, we moved over to the Barn Center in 2019. You know, as you mentioned, um, we used to be our, sort of our standalone center in terms of physical location. We'd always been kind of working with our campus partners, but we really weren't integrated. Um, insofar as we were in different spaces, but also it, it was still sort of that mentality that physical health, mental health, um, and wellness were kind of separate entities. And I think we all know that, I, I assume we all know that, that really those are integrated entities. Like you, you need to take care of both of those things simultaneously because they impact one another. So for me, I really think about holistic health and wellness when it comes to counseling, as looking at how the person's mental health is really impacted by the world around them. Right, um, and so it takes the world around them to support mental health. Well, definitely counseling and therapists are part of that puzzle. I feel like we need those other pieces as well to really help folks thrive. And so when we think about our physical wellness, our sleep, our nutrition, our exercise, Oftentimes we we know those things are good for our physical health. We you know we hear that over and over again, but I think sometimes we don't always recognize how important they are for mental health as well. Um, but they are an integral part to our mental health because they are so connected. Folks who are struggling with let's say anxiety and depression are going to notice um, impacts on their physical well-being and it's sort of like a which came first kind of thing. And I'm sure you know that it's like. Is it correlation? Is it causation? <laughs> yeah. But but there's definitely a connection there. We know that without a doubt. And uh, for me, I think what the Barn Center does so beautifully is really look at how do we not only be in the same physical space, but how do we really work together? Like come together as a team to say, you know, this is how we're supporting this student holistically. We're really looking at all those pieces of this individual, and that includes things like spiritual wellness, financial wellness, um, you know, so it even goes outside of the Barn Center, and like how do we work with our campus partners to really help folks think about those dimensions of wellness that we've identified are really integral to one's well-being. And I think given what we were just talking about, when we think about the the socio-political milieu, that's also important to someone's well-being, right? We don't live in a vacuum. Yeah. And we can't just address, like, one part of a person's identity, and I think the integrated part of that. I'm a public health master's student, and so understanding the different levels at the, like, micro, meso, and macro level is so important to understanding public health and community health, and I think that that's something that I've really enjoyed working at the Barnes Center and seeing that that mentality is ingrained in everything that's done. Um, and so a little bit pivoting to more specifically, you know, the services offered by the counseling. Kind of my question when I was an undergrad was, how do you know if you need a therapist? I think that's an excellent question. And um, unfortunately, I don't think there's always like a checklist, but I think there are certainly things to consider. Um, one, I think everyone is um, has their own background. They have their own world that they come into college with, as we've been chatting about this, you know, um, as a first generation student, like I have my own lens of like how I navigate systems. Um, we think about different identities, different backgrounds, things related to mental health. Everyone sort of has their different ideas of like, when do you seek help, when do you don't? And I think it's hard sometimes to parse out maybe um, what you've heard versus like maybe really doing a deep dive check-in with yourself. And so 
I'm biased that I think that everyone can benefit from therapy, but when you think about the word need, I think that puts a different spin on it. Because I certainly think that therapy can be very beneficial because it can help you know yourself in a different way. Uh, We all have blind spots, right? You can only know yourself so much. And so having another individual or another group of individuals perspective can really help you do a deeper dive into getting to know yourself and getting to know like your identity and who you are and maybe what you value, etc. But when I think about like who, you know, the idea of like needing therapy, I really think again, it's sort of specific to the individual to think about, is there something happening in my life that feels like it's maybe not where I want it to be? You know, am I experiencing things that are going on for me that I feel like maybe are impacting my ability to be the person who I think I can be and should be and know I can be. Um, And I think when you look at that, it's about, is there something, you know, kind of going on that maybe is impacting my day-to-day living, you know? Um, So for example, we're all, we're reaching out to students today, you know, and because we're here to serve students at the Barnes Center. And so are you noticing things in your life that are impacting your academic performance? Are you noticing things that are impacting your relationships with others, um, your nutrition, your sleep? And by things I mean, you know, are you noticing maybe um, you lie awake overthinking things? Are you noticing a change in your mood? Um, You know, if you really think about, you know, your baseline and kind of what might be considered your typical self uh, when you're feeling your best and you're you're doing what feels like your best work and you start to notice those deviations from yourself, I think it's important to kind of pause and say, okay, let me let me do an inventory of kind of what might be going on here. um, And am I starting to notice these struggles? I think certainly if folks are starting to notice, you know, they're not functioning at an optimal level, you know, they're not sleeping, they're not eating, you know, maybe they're starting to notice um, they're having more depressive thoughts. And certainly if someone is noticing they're having thoughts of suicide, I think that's definitely an indication of needing to reach out for help. Um, So I I think it can be hard sometimes to parse out, like, you know, what is sort of expected life stress, because let's face it, life is stressful sometimes, especially when you're navigating new new adventures and you're coming to college and you're trying to figure out all those big questions of like what's next um those things are stressful you know absolutely Um, yeah and I think something that I learned very quickly when like I started my journey with counseling was that there's not a checklist everybody is so different and we've talked about the different experiences that each person have and so I think you phrased it really well in that it really is you have to check in with yourself first And I think the way that we have the integrated care at the Barnes Center has equipped the Barnes Center and by like subsequently students to be able to respond to where they're at. Um, And so mental health has emerged more to the forefront of most like societies in a way that it hadn't been previously. I think we can get a little confused because you hear different things and you hear about you know, oh, you know, previous stigma, stigma in certain cultures. And so it can get a little complicated, especially as a student often navigating a brand new environment to say, what, what, when do I, when do I go? When do I reach out? What do I reach out for? Absolutely. Um, and just to kind of piggyback on that last point too, I think it's so important to check in with ourselves. And sometimes we're not always good barometers of our own functioning. I think we all 
um, can put unrealistic expectations on ourselves sometimes. And um, I think we live in a comparison culture. Um, you know, I think social media is wonderful in many aspects because I think it can bring people to communities that they otherwise might not be able to be brought to. Like, I think of a rural per person living in a rural community who maybe has never connected with someone from that looks like them or has the same gender or sexual identity that they do, that they'd be able to get online and maybe find community. And in some ways, I think it can also be pretty harmful for mental health. I know there's research specifically on looking at how social media can increase depression and anxiety, especially among adolescents, um, because it is such a comparison culture. So sometimes I think there's this feeling of like, I have to be perfect. I have to just, you know, kind of like power through. And so I think we also have to check on each other and like, you know, the importance of community um, and understand that for some people, there may be those stigmas about mental health. So is there a way to kind of connect them to support services like our student outreach and support centers that can get them connected to Barnes eventually if that feels like a better entry for them? So I think it, it, it's so important to also, you know, remember to check in on our community. Absolutely, too. yeah. And so um, I think it's good that we have multiple places that we can go. Um, and so speaking of kind of the different things that people can need. Could you elaborate on some of the unique offerings that the Barnes Center has outside of, you know, the traditional sitting down with one-on-one -on -one with a therapist? What are some other things that students can access at the Barnes Center? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, certainly we have a, a ton of different resources uh, geared towards mental health and wellness. Um, group therapy is a wonderful option uh, for students. Um, many of the research studies out there say it's actually the preferred modality for this demographic. And part of that is looking at um, social anxiety is a, a, a major factor. Um, actually, some of our, our recent um, um, collegiate mental health information indicated that social anxiety was at a 12-year high and and the thing that was really bringing it up was people wondering do other, what do other people think of me do other people like me and group therapy is an opportunity to really connect um, and learn about yourself with your peers and it's an opportunity to um, as uh, as challenging as it might sound one of the best things for social anxiety is like exposure and so it's a safe space or a safer space um, to be able to get that sort of exposure to being in a social setting with other folks who are off also experiencing challenges um, and we have a myriad of group offerings so we have um, what's called our understanding self and others group um, this is a what we call in the field a process style group, which essentially is students coming together, talking about their own personal struggles, whether that's with relationships, family, um, it's usually in, interpersonal in some form, and they're coming together to discuss that with a group of their peers and two facilitators. But we also have groups related specifically to uh, managing trauma, groups related specifically to identity groups. So we have BIPOC groups for our grad and undergrad students. We have groups for LGBTQ plus students. And so I think group is really a unique and interesting opportunity for folks to grow um, and get the benefit of two therapists and, you know, their peers. We usually cap the groups at eight. Some of them are a little larger if they're workshops, but you get just a rich, diverse experience. And so I think that's a really unique offering. 
We also offer a variety of relational services. So as we mentioned, uh, you know, a lot of students are having some of their first experiences when they're coming to college. So it might be their first time living with a roommate, you know, having to share a space. Like, um, and we know that that can come with some really wonderful pieces, you know, but also some challenges sometimes of navigating those waters. And so we're able to offer roommate mediation if there's conflict. Uh, we're able to do um, counseling for roommates. Um, we are able to look at partners, so couples, um, and able to do some counseling and enrichment. Our couples enrichment is actually um, educational information where folks learn about relationships. They learn through a systems perspective how to sort of navigate relationships, form healthy relationships, things like boundary setting, and really being able to kind of come through feeling like they're in a position to uh, really have healthier, more meaningful and enriching relationships. Um, we also offer psychiatry services uh, for individuals who, you know, need to explore medication as an option. Um, that is something that, you know, the therapists will look at the student holistically and see if that's a recommendation that needs to be made. Um, we'll be able to kind of look through and help students get connected to our psychiatric providers. Um, and another thing that I think is really important that we offer at the Barnes Center is looking at our services outside of counseling related to mental health. So personal training with recreation. Um, we know from literature and research that exercise is really, really profoundly helpful for moderate levels of depression. In some cases, it's actually more, more beneficial than medication. And so really looking at how do we look at exercise and integrating that into your mental health program, as well as using our mind spa in our health promotion where we can look at seasonal affective uh, depression and that light box therapy or, you know, yoga or art supplies and of course our pet therapy program. I'm a dog lover myself. Um, and so I think that there's just for some people, there's something very soothing about the presence of a pet, and they may have pets at home that they're missing, and so it's a way to kind of connect, you know, vicariously back to their pet through our program. And so I think if we look at really holistic health and wellness, uh, we see that those unique offerings can really, you know, look at how to approach mental health more broadly. And then I'll just share too that we also um, have an amazing individual working with us, Diane Shenandoah, who comes to us as a one who heals them and looks at native and indigenous practices of healing with our students and how to use different native practices to look at mental health because as we all know, sometimes sitting down one-on-one -on -one with a therapist, it's not, the, it's not the right fit for somebody, and it's not really maybe what they're needing, or maybe they're needing that and doesn't have to be like separate from one another. It can yeah. be a combination. Yeah, I think it really is encouraging because certain things can be intimidating. We talked in our discussion of like healthcare that sometimes phone calls and sometimes certain situations and we talked about, you know, you mentioned social anxiety and how that's on the rise. And so knowing that there's different options, I think, and knowing kind of what each of those entail is really helpful. So now that we've discussed a little bit about the different offerings that mental health services offers at the Barnes Center, what are two things, the two most important things, or just two important things, because I'm sure there's many important things, that you really want people to know about the counseling services at Barnes Center? Yeah, I think one of the things that 
is really important about counseling services is thinking about um, the relationship between the students and the providers. Um, we know from a mental health lens that um, a therapeutic alliance and relationship is really important. And so I think for that reason, we've really been intentional about really thinking about our staff and their professional development with training, their opportunity to kind of really learn about the college population. And so we do a lot of work with our staff on really thinking about what, what is the literature saying about college students in particular. And then also I think it's been very important for us to have um, a lot of diversity represented in our staff so that students are feeling like they're coming in and they have an opportunity maybe to meet with staff who share some commonalities or have different, and diversity, you know, for our staff is not just identity, it's diversity in discipline, so social workers versus psychologists versus marriage family therapists. And so I think we've been very intentional around having our staff know the student population, represent the student population, and and be there to offer a variety of different support and services. Um, One of the other things I think that is really important about our services is that they are included in the health and wellness fee. I know for many students, thinking about having to pay uh, for therapy could be a, a big barrier. Um, for a lot of different reasons. And so in that health and wellness fee, all of our counseling sessions are included. So we don't bill insurance. It's something that is included in that fee. Obviously, we do have some specialty services such as psychiatry that are billed. But we're really trying to create a system where there aren't barriers to service, um, and in particular, financial barriers. So I feel like just thinking about those two things feels really important to me when I think about what we're trying to build to support our students. Yeah, absolutely. And and speaking further about support services, I want to ask specifically because I think it's really important that you know, something that inspired this podcast was feedback from certain student groups um, that we wanted to reach out to specifically from the office of DEIA. Um, And so can you speak briefly about the specific transgender affirming care services offered by counseling? Absolutely. So, um, so counseling has been doing trans and gender affirming care since since I started here in 2012. Um, but but really, with the integration into the Barnes Center, we've really been able to take those services to a whole new level. Really thinking about how to integrate the different elements of health and wellness outside of counseling into trans and gender affirming care. So in 2019, myself and our medical director, Dr. Karen Nardella, came together to formulate our trans and gender affirming care team within the Barnes Center. And we really wanted to look at how do we create, again, the most access and the least barriers to our uh, folks in this population being able to access the care that they need. And so in counseling, we have representation. We have representation from healthcare as well as recreation or health promotion. And then we also connect with our LGBTQ Resource Center um, to be able to, you know, talk with those folks and hear, you know, what are folks hearing, you know, what do we need to integrate into the system. And so part of our trans and gender affirming care is therapy if folks are needing or wanting to explore therapy. But it's also having informed consent care to trans and gender affirming hormones. So we do have medical providers within the Barnes Center who are specially trained in providing trans and gender affirming hormones, and students are able to access that through the Barnes Center. 
Um, we also have worked with our pharmacy to have certain products available, such as chest binders. Um, we have an info card that has information on how we can help students order additional products if they're looking for prosthetics, um, different products in our our pharmacy so that one there's visibility because I feel like visibility and representation is so important but also so students have a space where they can come and explore what they're needing and then have the pharmacy assist them in, in ordering those products. We also have worked with our recreation services to have more gender inclusive locker rooms, um, looking at the signage in the building, um, looking at preferred pronouns in our electronic health record, preferred names. Um, so really being able to look at all the different pieces of Barnes uh, to create the most welcoming um, environment that we can and then to offer services that I think can be hard for students to navigate in the community. We do also write letters for trans and gender affirming surgery. This is not a service that we perform at Barnes Center, but we can write a letter for a referral and help students navigate that if that is something that is part of their process. And we recognize that with everything that's going on right now politically, there may be some states where folks might not have access to these cares in the future. And so we feel it's very important at Barnes Center to be able to offer that support and those services to our students while they're here in Syracuse. Um, and it's been a huge passion of mine, and um, I feel like our AVP of Health and Wellness, Corey Wallach, and our medical director, Dr. Nardella, and all those folks have been just super supportive, everyone in the Barnes Center has been, of these initiatives. So I just feel really lucky to work at a place that recognizes what a need this is and how important it is for our community. Absolutely. I think it's really nice to know that there's for students to see that there's a team and that there's intentional effort, especially given, like you mentioned, the political climate that's currently um, transpiring across the nation. And so being from a different area than, than New York, um, I think the Barnes Center as a student has been a really good resource for understanding and feeling, um, feeling represented and feeling like there's things that you can ask and there's services that you can access um, and because of things like the health and wellness fee that covers some of those things and some of those conversations um, it's really good to know and good to share that those things are being intentionally pursued um, and, and are there <laughs> so final I think that was um, that was most of the things that I wanted to cover with you um, is there anything else that you really want to share or that you think is important to know as, as students um, interact with the counseling at Barnes Center yeah I mean I, I think um, sometimes access to care can feel challenging for a lot of reasons right and one of the things that I really want to implore to our campus community is if if you're struggling, um, there are people on this campus who do care very much about your well-being and you as an individual, and we, we want to support you. Um, and so if you're having a hard time getting connected to the counseling for whatever reason, you know, maybe it isn't feels hard to make a phone call, um, maybe it feels hard to walk over to our building, uh, there are different ways that you can reach out and connect to us. We do have a general email that is on our website. We do ask that people do not uh, report crisis situations just because it's not monitored 24-7. But if a student wants outreach 
from one of our folks to get set up for an appointment, they can certainly do that. We, we obviously prefer if people go online and schedule or call and schedule, but we understand sometimes that could be a barrier. And so we're trying to minimize as many barriers as we can. It's so important for us to increase access to service and create quality service. So we also do satisfaction surveys um, for anyone who has services at the Barn Center, and we really value that feedback. Um, as you know, we've done some listening sessions with different groups, um, and the feedback that we've gotten, we take that very seriously. We bring it back to our team, we look at it, and we say, okay, what can we do to address this feedback? Uh, what do we need to work on to, you know, to to be better, I guess? Because um, while I feel like every, everything that we do is, is I think we're one of the leaders in this field, and I hear that nationally, that Syracuse is a leader in health and wellness. There's always room to look at, you know, what could we be doing better? What could we be doing differently? Um, and what we don't know is the perspective of the students who don't come to the Barn Center. So I think that's why it's been important for us to have listening sessions where we're going out into communities, we're going to the students and hearing about, you know, what have been barriers for you? What are, what are some things that maybe you've heard about counseling? Let's help you unpack, you know, maybe myth versus fact but also what could we look at that maybe we're doing that's contributing to those myths, you know? So for me, I think that that's so important for students to know that is that the team that we have right now at the Barnes Center Counseling is such a solid team that, that cares deeply about this population. And they really are here to help the students. And, you know, sometimes when you meet with a therapist, it's like anything, you kind of have to, you know, get comfortable you know, again, going back to that social anxiety, like you're literally sitting down with somebody you probably never met before yeah. and you're trying to be vulnerable with them and share about things that you're struggling with. And so sometimes it can take a couple of sessions to kind of build that rapport. And sometimes it's, it happens right off the bat. You know, it's just, it's hard to tell, but I think it's important for students to, to think about that. But if there was ever a situation where they're feeling like maybe it's not a good fit, those are conversations that we're open to having. And so it, I just, I guess my, my plea is if anyone's ever had an experience where they feel like maybe they're not welcomed at the barn Center or they don't feel represented there or maybe they've had a negative experience, we want to hear about those things. And we want to be able to get that feedback, talk to that individual, hear about their experience and see where we can go from there. We can improve, and I think my experience definitely in the members of the team that you're mentioning are passionate and care for students. That's definitely been my experience on like the worker side and the student side that's access care at the Barnes Center. And so I think it's a really important thing to know. Very briefly, you mentioned a crisis line. Could you just give a brief, like, what is the crisis line and what is it for? Sure, yeah. So we... We um, do have 24-7, 365 access for mental health care at the Barnes Center. So students will have to call our crisis line if it's um, after hours. It is actually the same number that they call during the business hours. So it's going to be that 315-443-8000 number. From there, they will choose counseling. And once they choose counseling, they'll hear um, a message that indicates, you know, if this is a situation with sexual and relationship violence, a mental health emergency, or you just need to speak to a therapist. I think sometimes the emergency language can feel a little intimidating, but that's there for anyone who needs to speak to a therapist about anything at any time. They'll hit that prompt and they'll be connected to licensed clinical providers 24-7, 365. 
One of the things I think sometimes that can stand in the way of that is students do feel like, oh, I'm not sure if this is a crisis. Crisis is personal, right? Like it's very subjective. I think there are things that are objectively, we can say like that's a crisis. Like, you know, we think of these worst case scenarios, but I do think crisis is very personal. And if it feels like a crisis to you, it is a crisis, or even if you're not sure, I'd much rather have students call and talk to somebody than, you know, avoid getting help because they don't think their situation is serious enough. Yeah, and I think it's really good to know that resource 24-7, um, 365, because it sometimes, you know, things happen outside of business hours. And so it's really um, nice to know about that resource and have a little bit more information. And I, you know, the crisis, as we said, check in with yourself and check in with your, your community and then make that determination. But I just want to say thank you so much for for having this conversation with me, for sitting down, and for the work that you do. I think hearing the perspective from somebody who's been at Syracuse and who's likely seen, you know, 11 years here and specifically working in the counseling department, I think it's really been nice to hear and nice to talk with you and get a little bit of a better idea because even, you know, a couple months into working at the Barnes Center, you learn something new. There's so many things. It's always nice to get a good overview of what the Barnes Center is working towards and what the Barnes Center currently offers. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and I really appreciate it. And um, I just think we have such wonderful students and I'm, every day I'm impressed by our students and the things that they're doing and the things that they're um, grappling with and the successes that they're having and um, the resiliency that they demonstrate. You know. Um, Syracuse is such a well-resourced campus. We're very um, fortunate in that way. I, I know um, not every campus is as resourced as Syracuse. And as a first-gen student, I, I guess sometimes I never knew what my resources were. And I feel like I also was like, I don't know, almost intimidated to utilize them. Like they somehow weren't for me. Like I didn't pay for them or earn them or whatever. Um, and so I, I just... I guess that my last little piece is I just really encourage all of our students, these are resources that are here for you. Um, and it may be the one time in your life that you have access to as many resources as you do here at SU. Please use those resources. They're here for you. They're your resources. It's your, your, your university. Um, take advantage of them. Absolutely. Thank you so much.